we were hunters and foragers. The frontier was everywhere. We were bounded only by the earth and the ocean and the sky. The open road still softly calls. Our little terraqueous globe is the madhouse of those hundred thousand millions of worlds. We who cannot even put our own planetary home in order, riven with rivalries and hatreds, are we to venture out into space? By the time we're ready to settle even the nearest other planetary systems, we will have changed. The simple passage of so many generations will have changed us. Necessity will have changed us. We're an adaptable species. It will not be we who reach Alpha Centauri and the other nearby stars. It will be a species very like us, but with more of our strengths and fewer of our weaknesses. More confident, far-seeing, capable, and prudent. For all our failings, despite our limitations and fallibilities, we humans are capable of greatness. They scream and take me to the zenith Take me to the zenith Take me to the united area with the dreamers Take me on a flight to all the states that got some freedom I can offset against the world's relationships with demons Lobbyists and lobbies of your politicians' offices this evening Monolithic opposition, proposition, opulence for dealing With feeble-minded congressmen costing us the millions Most of us are conscious with concepts of reeling Some are just unconscious with no feeling Misdirected by the nonsense in the news and what they're hearing Blind to what the truth still fearless There's a fine line between facts and conspiracy theory Now am I tripping or is it the debt ceiling that's near me I can't call it All these taxes on my check that's real faulty I wanna ask you if we can or if we can't solve it Cause true I was born yesterday But it's made up all night People losing lives, losing fortunes, losing everything But the news says we alright Yeah the story's the same everywhere that you go Especially closer to the border and show Everything is lopsided, pivots ain't understood The fact that we're called a black condition is still overlooked All the time I'm like How can I believe this news they keep spinning When history was wrote by winners who say winning Well only know what they want you to know, feel me? It's so silly but it ain't really they're screaming, take me to the zenith Something should never come between us In the furnace, writing with a feather from a phoenix Fiendish, trapped in the labyrinthine belly of behemoth I need to find my way back home I cast shadows like they cast stones With a snake backbone It's self-same from the sad sob story of life That fell from the sky and rose to glorious heights I feel like an icon, like the bride's gone Still got the whole wide world in my palm It's all mine, from Viacom to riot squads With batons and throngs the dissonance to fire on See the simplest thoughts can mislead them I squeeze off triple six shots in Mr. Freedom They're all screaming take me to the zenith From the most pious to the soulless And the cloven tongue elitist Now more than ever All the family must be together Every brother have to
Greetings, Earthlings. No, 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 no. <laughs> Mark and Mindy style. We welcome you to our planet. Six in the morning. Six in the morning. <laughs> who's, in, who's in the mic? <laughs> what up, everybody? It's Rafael. Oh, hey, but there was somebody else, though. Oh, no, he left already. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Scratch left? Yeah, I'm out. <laughs> What's up, y'all? This is Luis. Uh, it's, it's, hey, man, it's been a minute since we've been on this. It's been a minute, yeah, it's been. A, it's, it's been, been a, a hot minute. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. Hey, life happens, man. Yeah. Life happens on, on my end. Like, I had an ugly rash, bro. Like, my fucking <laughs> skin conditions is horrible. Uh, and no, say no to shrimp, yo. It's yeah, funny. he's lying. He's really a reptilian. Remember reptilian? Yeah, he's like, going through his uh, metaphor, metamorphosis. Hey, like, remember It? Remember those yeah. old shows? <laughs> I love that shit. Yeah, that's old school. Hey, we got episode 37. Got, this, we're going to call this one The Guardians of Hip Hop, uh, the space episode. The space episode. Yeah, totally Bobby Digital. We're Bobby digitizing this one. <laughs> this one, we're, we're taking it out there. We we're, we started off strong on uh, this episode with the man himself, Carl Sagan. Yeah. Carl Sagan, the frontier is everywhere. Wow, that that's relaxing. Like, it's not only about space, but that's mental massaging right there. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, it moves the spirit in different directions. Oh, man, yeah. Anything Carl Sagan, pick it up. It, it'll take you there. It's... It's great. It's yeah, better if, than anything. If it doesn't motivate you, it at least makes you think like, "Fuck, what am I doing with my life?" <laughs> yeah, <you're a> loser. <laughs> like, fuck, yeah, turn off the TV and do a lap or something. Yeah. Do something creative. Do the laundry faster. Do something. <laughs> Get to work. <laughs> yeah, the the man himself, Carl Sagan. But uh, after that, uh, we play a world premiere. Is it world premiere? Uh, Is it? I don't know if it's a world. Premiere, I think it's been premiered in uh, a couple other spaces, but it's uh, we're close premiered. enough. Close enough. <laughs> close enough, and we're they're going to be interviewed soon, right? Yeah, we're working on getting Mr. Neon Brown, producer extraordinaire, on the show pretty soon. Hopefully, the next episode. Woo! Woo! We just played a Zenith off of uh, the new Mr. Freedom, Freedom album coming out May twenty something. May twenty third. May twentieth or something. Yeah, May twenty third. Available on Bandcamp. Keep it out when it hits. It features Decca. Uh, it's just straight up Colorado hip hop. Yeah, man. Colorado high. That's what's Colorado <laughs> high. Hey. But uh, yeah, we're looking forward to that. After that, we play some Raj G. And of course, the African Space Program. Uh, yeah. The name of the song is called Spaceways. The name of the EP is called Destination. They're from 2009. It wouldn't be appropriate talking about the space space and hip-hop without ross g amen yeah man peace to pool bar records peace to sun rock that's what ross g stands for <laughs> and he's all about yes sir but the main gist of this episode is an awesome interview we did yeah speaking about doing work yeah a young lady is doing a lot of work <sighs> man we had so much fun doing this um and just to be straightforward with this we had this interview we did this a couple weeks ago um with progress the testament Testament. from washington dc and man we just been privileged to have been connected with her um and you know we're going to be playing some of her songs throughout the interview and Pete, uh, a lot of props to uh, man here rafa for doing a great job with the editing it's great it's a great interview shared uh, quite a bit about the dc scene her her growth as an artist her opinions on multiple subjects and it really fits in. Um, uh, we had this idea to have this in the first place because of her new single called Alpha Centauri that has everything to do with space. <laughs> yeah, her whole album is uh, it's framed around the theme of space. Right, right. And in many ways, 
um, just by uh, as you listen to this interview you'll get the sense of her forward thinking which has everything to do with just sort of a spatial connection with her her environment and the music that she uh, herself sees as, as as an artist yeah if you're not a fan of hers because of her music you'll be a fan of hers because of the person that she is oh perfectly said yes. perfectly said and so this is a bit lengthy one so if i were you like right now we should just like pause for a second and go get you know i don't know what you eat but you know this is being space really forward thinking so hopefully you get some something organic <laughs> get something like healthy put the coke throw that away you don't need that shit right now like get something get some water we need coke i got drink some coconut water right now is that shit okay yeah, yeah, that's yeah. good for you yeah, that's good for you know? hey. i mean un- unless you want to get spaced out oh well and imbibe in other hey mixers. well we did play colorado hip-hop <laughs> there you go that's on you we're not <laughs> you know it's on you we're not you know that's not this episode we're not judging y'all yeah we're not judging y'all <laughs> but feel free to do that but we're gonna get into this interview and we actually start off with a uh, very important question that we have that's specific to the history of progress with hip-hop which is where did you when i want to say when did you discover and or fall in love with hip-hop what were your influences yeah. i think that's a question we ask everybody that we have on the show right Pete, let's check it so i i have a lot of influences um my journey with hip-hop came mostly through uh live instrumentation because I grew up wanting to initially play bass, guitar, um, or some percussion. I, I love both of those. I uh, love bass and I love playing percussion. And a lot of the times I was, my, I'm a product of a musical household. My dad played bass, my uncle played bass, another uncle played drums. I have another uncle that plays guitar for like the Gap Band and the Drifters and mm. the Temptations. So it's very much music. There were always musicians at my house. Always, I mean, literally, I have an uncle that played for Miles Davis, so I had, or in in Santana, yeah, so there was always a musician in the house, and it was literally like my grandmother's house was just like a cornucopia of discussion, and just people would come around and have dinner, and just, it was really all a lot about art. Um, and so most of that discovery and that journey was, was nurtured through live music because that just happened to be what was in the house. And also DC being at the time was much more grounded in live instrumentation. It has its own indigenous culture here called Go-Go, which is um, sort of been the, the native music form here. But my, my mom and my grandparents are actually from the Dominican Republic. And as a result, so there's a lot of merengue in the house. There's a lot of bachata in the house. And so it's it's funny because the the sort of Afro Latin Afro jazz communication between the I'll say convergence between those genres and funk music and a lot of the uh, soul music that was in the house constantly was really and just an interesting mix for me. And so my dad played bass and he would sit me down. He'd make me read the liner notes for um, different albums while he practiced. And what I did, yeah, and he played, like I said, it was a lot of Gil Scott Heron. He played a lot of uh, Funkadelic. He played a lot of of old jazz and McCoy Tyner and George Duke and Stanley Clark. And he loved bass players, so he would always play, um, you know, anything that Willie Weeks played on a James Jamerson. So I got a lot of Motown, a lot of of that kind of stuff, a lot of the Funk Brothers stuff, uh, and a lot of Gap Band and function and I mean, all of that kind of stuff so it's funny when when I would hear uh, those things resonate again in hip-hop one of the first 
uh, groups that really did that for me was De La and Tribe because they took a lot of uh, those sounds, those those albums that I knew that I was familiar with, uh, you know, a Stan Get sample or something, and I would hear it and I would know instantly what it was because you know it was my job then as a kid to learn all of that stuff to remember it and uh, just that's kind of what was resonating in a lot of the hip hop that I listened to was the fact that oh, who does it sample because I want to hear how they how they looped it or how they they took it and, and did something different with it and it was just really exciting for me so De La and Tribe were initially my early early influences as far as hip hop is concerned I didn't actually really start writing music though until I heard The Chronic I was probably about <laughs> 9 or 10 and my uh, my cousin and I we got the tape you know we, we would go every week we'd do chores so we could get our uh, you know, we'd cut people's grass we would take out people's trash we would do all kinds of stuff pick up leaves for people and then we would use that money we'd go buy tapes every Friday um, after school and so we would go I would go to his house and we would uh, go buy our tapes and I remember we both came out the store we go you know split up we go find out what we wanted to buy and we both bought the chronic which I thought was so funny it was like we both kind of got mad at each other like you cheating you know you cheating and anyway we both bought it and uh, we brought it home and it was funny because we both had totally different experiences like at that time I think we started almost like being realizing that it was more of a rivalry like you can't like who I like and you can't like who I like because you know I want my, you know we wanted to have the obscure everybody wanted to have like I don't want you knowing who I know and mm-hmm. liking what I like so anyway we we started uh kind of battling with it but one of the funny things and part of that for me was that I wanted to learn every lyric when I wanted to learn every time that somebody said uh I wanted to learn every time that Snoop you know put a pause in his I wanted to learn every time Dre put a you know the, the guitar sample I just wanted to hear everything and so I would write down every single thing from a breath in the music to everything I just write it in my book and I remember, so I go to take out my book and I go to show him like, yeah, I know you'll know all of this stuff. You know, I got all the lyrics, I got everything. And I go to show him and he's got the same exact, he's done the same exact thing. And that's when I realized like, wow, how powerful. I think we just sat there scratching our head for a minute. Like, wow, like I've never seen him put down video games for anything. He would listen to music and play video games. And that was his soundtrack. And I remember he goes and he, you know, pulls out stuff and he's like, yeah, I want you to listen to how I rewrote High Power, you know, and I'm listening to it and I'm like, what do you mean you rewrote it? You know, because for me, I hadn't even thought about the fact of rewriting it. He actually took it and rewrote his own version of it. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is crazy. You actually wrote a version of it? So then I felt, you know, left behind. Like, hold on, you didn't tell me you was going to write your own version to... <laughs> to the songs I'm sitting here writing down you know the lyrics and you writing down your own version he made his like his own $20 sack pyramid and everything like he just took I'm just like I've never seen anyone do that so that is what kind of pushed me to start writing my own and I would take that then I took those songs and I made created my own from them sort of following behind him and then we would just sort of try to one up each other like well this version of this song is better than your version and then from there it just it expanded into so much and I really you know like I just so many things Gangstar Black Moon was a huge influence to me um um, mostly boot camp, but I got into Nas. I love Big L. I love G Rap. Um, 
I had a real obsession with with um, Brand Nubian and and really uh, interesting because I love Pete Rock and CL so much and. Uh, but then I, after some point in time, I really became sort of a diehard fan and I really got into the underground scene somehow. And I really sort of connected with like Juggernauts and uh, Latirix and Brother Ali and even uh, a lot of the Minnesota cats, Idea and Atmosphere. I really connected with them for a big period of my life, my teen years during, I think, those angsty years. And they were sort of for me originally a soundtrack of the of that that feeling. Um, they were, you know, the deaf the deaf juxes and the anacons and the battle axes and even stone throw early stuff and embedded and fondle them. All of those like what were considered underground labels were really for me like a soundtrack of like my teenage years of going through puberty and changes. And there was so much music at that time and so many different artists that were out. Um, so that was, I would say that was my gateway into it. And then how sort of I developed, developed out of that. That, I don't, that's, that was great. <laughs> Thank you so much. You took us into a journey. We, you just had us here both uh, smiling quite a bit. Um, yeah, I mean, what can I say? Yeah, that's, that's an awesome journey. And yeah. uh, big ups to your pops because we're big fans of liner notes over here. Oh, as yeah. Well. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. <laughs> we're big, we're big uh, uh, nerds, uh, quote unquote, of liner notes. Um, definitely big fan. Are you familiar with Brian Coleman and his books on particular about liner notes? Oh, yes. Yeah, so technique yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah I, I love some of those one of the my favorite ones is uh sonic because i just i mean i they came to my school at an early age oh. i was probably about nine and de la and Sonic came to my school and i was probably even younger than that they both it was right right after maybe three feet high it was maybe right after that and it was just like, first of all, I couldn't even believe that they knew anything about a school in D.C. of anything. Like, what are you doing here and why? You know, it's 1989. No one even knows who you people are. This is <laughs> it was one of those kinds of things because D.C. wasn't as, that didn't have as much of a connection to hip hop. And when it was, it was very fleeting. You know, a song would be on the radio and it's off. It's Slick Rick and... And, you know, he, he dominated a lot of DC radio just because of the nuances of it and a lot of the music that he and Dougie Fresh were making and different artists. It had a more uh, our indigenous music sort of go-go embedded into it. Mm. And so he, he was always a popular, but when, when De La came here, that they went around to a bunch of schools in DC and that really changed how... Um, Everything happened because I never forget when they came out of the of the door, you know, came onto the stadium, I mean, to the audience, into the auditorium, and they were doing potholes in my lawn. And I remember everyone was just like, "This is like they did." It was so out of zone; you didn't even know what was happening. And I, you know, sat there, and I remember thinking to myself, well, "Prince Paul, one of my favorite producers of all time, just amazing composer, and how he even thinks of how music is." is made and and sitting there thinking to myself like going back over some of the stuff that he did with Seth Sonic is just like amazing and then to read uh Brian Coleman's notes on some of those albums and how they were made and wow it yeah it's just an amazing experience wow. 
Well, shout out to the uh, late 80s, early 90s, because that's what made us as well out here. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, I'm so happy you said the, the Chronic album. We, wow, yeah, that's we, we would have to say yeah. the same thing. We have our own stories of, uh, I think Rafael has the same uh, going to the Swap Me bike stories. Yeah. I know I do. That's the reason <laughs> I will go every Tuesday and go pick up at least two tapes. To try to uh, tr- try to uh, uh, appease my friends because uh, we were also competing as well, so I, I, we share the same memories. <laughs> no, not well. again. Get the daisies for the hot holes in my lawn. What to do when sucker lunatics start digging and chewing? They don't know that the soul don't go for that potholes in my lawn, and that goes for my rhyme sheet, which I concentrated so hard on. See, I don't ask for maximum security, but my dwelling is swelling. It lit my butt when I happened to fall into a spot where no ink or an ink block was on the scroll. I just wrote me a new mode, but now it's gone. Cause those suckers knew that I hate to recognize that every time I'm writing it's gone. Hot holes in my lawn, hot holes in my lawn, hot holes in my lawn. Don't walk out there with your hand open. Good things come to those who wait. She don't even care who she is. She don't care about nothing and nobody. They call it no class, no representation. Take on the day's woman, you got so many different flavors, you got so many different types, give me the package deal, any woman that know how to cook a good 22 pound ham, through the hoop, nothing like a tall 6 foot 5 woman for a short man like me to fill up a good water bed, I'm only 6 to 7, I still got a lot more time to find the right one, and you do need to find the right one. Forward like proceed, keep heads up like nosebleed. A piece of the east or the north, but she off in the chain, so she cover all globally. Never to touch faith, so unholy. Bullets found a target, her gun know me. Her past life begs for my memory. A fan of a large, and I'm a member C. I give in to her like bad food. Sucker for love, yeah, I'm that dude. But when she's on the wood, she give good oral. When I'm not with her, I get withdrawal. Lord, I'm half a man without a one to call. She claimed a man for man, she's a one to door. I met this night, huh. she leave you flawed. Like a nice snake on third round. She like a snake in a bird tail. I'm addicted by design and fiend. If she ever try to cut me from a team, don't turn your back. But she's on that track. Watch out for that train. I wanna grind on that coffee bean. A couple of cups of that Joe is a bad pep. She'll be swinging on chandeliers. Baby got that skin that can handle years. Mm. And I want my if she fucks us. Her mouth game is like rap a lot. Her Facebook say she aim at this rap a lot. Online surfing for them beach boys. To bring the sand under her feet, boys. 
She my rock bottom like last offers Wouldn't write me off like the last offer Even though she a bomb scare I'm standing right here I'm right here Don't turn your back When she's on that track Watch out for that train So rumor has a KRS One. I guess it's not even a, a rumor, right? KRS One gifted you your stage name. Uh, what's the what's yeah. the what's the story behind that? Yeah. So in um, 2006, KRS One did a um, anniversary tour for what he deemed as Hip Hop Appreciation Week in May, um, and he went to a bunch of different cities. And what he was doing at the time was sort of holding what he he kept saying he was going to bring some folks on tour with him to just kind of continue to pervade the culture through Temple of Hip Hop. And he was really mm -hmm. trying to develop that as being like a school mm -hmm. um, to cultivate artistry, to cultivate new artists. So he came to DC and a few of the folks here, some a couple of DJs, one of them DJ Soyo, shout out to her because I gotta uh, put her on, and, and DJ Earth One, uh, connected together, both of these being women in uh, DC hip hop who've really done a lot for the scene here. Um, but they they helped to coordinate and do the logistics for the event. And it was awesome because so many people, I mean, so many uh, artists that came to show up to just perform for him and to, you know, just be a part of the experience of it. Everybody, all my friends and, you know, all the tentacles of the scene came out and we all in line for hours you know to just wait for him to come and and uh it was a great experience but it was just so fun and and thinking about like well who's going to get in here you know so many of us who's going to make it and initially we there was hardly any by the time he was coming he also came with Kane and with a uh, speech from arrested development so they were going to do a performance later that evening and you didn't have a lot of time to do an audition. He came in and he talked to, there was a few of us that could get downstairs. And luckily, because I had a relationship with these with these wonderful DJs and um, women, they let me sort of come down, snuck me in front of some people like, oh, and then he is, you know, flowers, you need to be in there. At that time, I was a different name. And so I came down and I listened. He, he talked a lot about what he was trying to do. And I was just smitten. I had never been that close to him at all. And it was great because he was mostly lecturing us on really the importance of the the culture and being you know guardians of it and really protecting it and how to how to effectively do that um and preserve it and so he he talked a little bit about he was going to you know go around the country but listening to different people he wanted to take some people out with him krs1 invited us all to do an audition for him to um open on this tour that he was putting together for hip-hop appreciation week and he brought kane uh big daddy kane and uh and speech from arrested development with him to one a venue here we call 930 Club, but it's like a mid-range venue. It's, you know, a, a good venue. We've had some major artists come through there um, and perform. Um, Prince has performed actually 930 Club. So it's one of those kinds of places that, you know, is an illustrious club in DC. And so we're all sitting there wondering who's going to get a chance to audition. And I had some friends that kind of pushed me up to the top and uh, a, a good friend of mine now, Flex Matthews, was the very first in line, and he says to me, you know, and he calls me up, he's like, you get in front of me. And he, and he pushes me in front of him and says, you stand in front of me. 
And so I did. And so what, what happened, we got ready to do the audition and only the first three people were able to audition. It just happened that way. I don't know why, but just, it, it just cut off because of the time. You know, it was a long, all day process. We have been there since like 9 a.m. And by this time it's like 9 p.m. And the show is happening. You know, so we have been there all day, just really waiting for him to come, then waiting to go through the audition process. Then, you know, he came in and did the talk. And then, so anyway, we, I, I'm the first person to go up on stage and I'm terrified because I'm just like, uh, what am I supposed to do? I'm not sure. I go out on stage and my shoe comes off. Like, <laughs> no kidding. My shoe comes off. Well, it was the greatest thing because, I mean, I'm motivated by that kind of you know, kind of experience. So it, I kicked my other shoe off and everybody went crazy. And I just started going off the top. It was great about my shoe coming off and I started talking a little bit about that experience. And at first people were looking at me like, what is she about to do? You want to hear KRS-One? And he put the three of us, these three people out and one of them being Flex Matthews and the other one being this other guy named Real was right behind him and, and I mean it was it was the greatest experience of things because after I was done I, mean, I was going full adrenaline and when I walked off the stage and he looked at me he said you are the definition of prowess like that was just that was science you just <laughs> so I didn't it was just so at that time like I said I had a different name but I was really I was just like taken and I remembered that moment he was like yeah you are the bible right now like when he said that it made me feel like I need to utilize those things so prowess and the testament came from I couldn't call myself the bible and I was like I don't really know how I could flip that <laughs> so um, I, I just put the testament on it but the prowess came from him and when he said that I was like the definition of prowess wow that's like you know, that's amazing to say. And I just, I felt so happy. We got the chance to come back up and perform with all three of us. Got the chance to come back and perform with, uh, with uh, KRS-One and Pete and Big Daddy Kane on Everyday People. That was the, like the, the encore song. And I mean, I was... I was smiling and drooling like, you know, I, I, I like a cat. It was just ridiculous. I was like a season like you wouldn't believe. It was just because of the experience. I was on such a high at that point in time from just being on stage with these, you know, juggernauts of, of, of the culture, just standing there and being able to be a part of that whole entire experience. And I was like, I knew at that time that, that was something magic, 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 magic. Serenity's memories aroused the notion of nostalgia From trace of faces and crowds of painting pictures of crowds Listen to smile listen to mouths, travel to sound Bound for destinations, unraveling nouns From the he and her to the you and me So fluently in unity, a dream deferred is soon to be Reality, not focused on a formality Your morality's gotta be sweet the common vernacular passage of love and the practice of ambivalence A gentle kiss to reminisce of the remnants Sing songs, remembrance, something borrowed, something blue But something hollow pursued with solace approved The solitude of my solemn moods I follow particles of your molecules But they say it's impossible, it's not that impossible You and I, we survived every obstacle Waiting on a spaceship to find a replacement Waiting on destiny to finally come and rescue me 
But I've only got one chance left and one last breath and nothing less But I'll give it to you, to you And I'll share it with you, with you Waiting on a spaceship to find a replacement Waiting on by any chance, out of curiosity, does uh, are you at all connected to KRS One? Does he know this story about your name? <laughs> no, he, he does not. He does not. I don't think know this story, but I wouldn't be surprised if he if he didn't. Um, I he's come into the city a couple of times, and I've I've um, I've seen him, but I, I've never told him this when I've when I come to see him perform or something. I, I guess it's just kind of like one of those kinds of things. But I, I planned on doing that at some point. I just kept saying it's funny because now I really have a interesting connection because the uh, Shan disc that he did, the Still Hugging the Nut disc. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I have I um a producer hit me up from Barcelona a couple maybe a, about a year ago. We've been working on some some tracks, and one of the beats that I finalized and picked was that same. Is based off that same sample, that okay. same riff. Okay. So it's funny because my my goal in that whole song was to kill that song even harder than KRS One, and, <laughs> and I by the time that I got done with it, I was like, yeah, I think pretty much at this point, once I put that out on the next part of my project, I was like, now it'll be time to stamp it to say like, okay, I think that this is even better than the Shan disc. Like, yeah, is yeah. that hard? Oh, you know, <laughs> that's great. That's great. I'm glad you said that. That brings it up to the next level for that. Oh, that's great. Uh, yeah, shout out to Karis One. Uh, I remember uh, personally, he gave a talk at a at, at a university where actually I was attending, and I well, I waited. That your story about waiting for 12 hours uh, reminded me of sort of my 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 uh, my wait for him. It was not as long as that, but definitely felt 12 hours. And uh, for him to sign my edutainment um, CD and tape, and I just told him, you know what, Miss, uh, I think I just told him, Mr. Karis, and I didn't even know what to tell him. <laughs> I, and I said, your this album here made me really question school, made me question what I was learning in in middle school at the time. And he literally, yeah, yeah. literally, literally, I mean, and I'm not a small guy. He literally picked me up. <laughs> he literally hugged me and he picked me up. And he uh, he was so happy to hear something like that at that moment. And so, yeah, wow. shout out to Karis One. A shout out to that story. Yeah. It really owned that name. And I'm glad you have. And I'm glad you're working with that. Because that's that written itself is a testament to your your continuing your continuing growth and continuing sort of yeah. your his, history, right? With hip hop and beyond. Hey yo, what's up? There's a lot of motherfuckers out here with a style similar to mine nowadays. You know what I mean? They trying to like they infiltrated the camp and now they they want to take the style and claim it for their own. You know? That's how you feel. But, but I'ma blow them up Cause it's just like whatever You know what I'm saying It's too strategical And mathematical I rotate so fast That I appear invisible I keep it chemical But never supplemental The force and trip your goal And spiritual You got static Get grounded Cause I've mastered electrical Mostly mental But don't sleep on the physical Ignorance God I'm chattering One even said I was a son to him Still my LP is fatter than 
his or yours Took a two year pause Now that I'm back on the set My foes drop like hoes yours In a brothel Only dealing with what's logical Applied science Left MCs penetrable The leader stroke is apocalyptic Hostile like Arabics In Israel with automatics And if you want it The monks can make it hectic Set it off Fire burn up Jack Frost and Santa Claus Whatever you want to do Make it clever Whatever, whatever, whatever Bound to blow up, but never disintegrating The ultimate MC equation Ferromagnetic, ask my pops, it's genetic That's why I'm a weed head and not an alcoholic Call it, whatever you want to call it Devils just know that it's some form of arithmetic Hieroglyphic, cause you can picture this shit The state of hip-hop today is like hookers in politics Got MCing, locked down like a convict Blowing up opposition as I maneuver through it And to make sure it's overstood I stick around popular like crime In ghetto neighborhoods Rock my crown like Shaka did Hold it down, fuck your mind up like Joe Jackson kids Check it out, so whatever you want to do Make it clever, whatever, 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 whatever I gotta do my thing, I represent Um, I also read online that you have done academic research slash work in Africa, um, I, I, real particular with music, writing slash the arts, and that really, uh, really uh, got our interest. And I wanted to know if you could share a little bit more about your experiences. Sure. So I uh, uh, went to uh, Africa to on a grant from Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to do uh, help patient care interactions with, with from physician to patient so that there was some communication to help um, provide sort of a, a conduit for communication for patients and physicians. What were they were doing and uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation was trying to find a way to do what they were referring to as capacity building in sub-Saharan Africa where they were actually attempting to connect um, get electronic health records in um, sub-Saharan African developing areas so that people could have their medical record um, renewed and, and just able, easily accessible and that was equitable for um, all different types of everyone, no matter what your health level was. And if you couldn't walk, you know, mostly people in a lot of these rural areas were like walking to the doctor and there's not always a, a level of trust, you know, but with a doctor because I don't know you, you're not from here, you know, and you're not, you, you don't look like me. And so we don't speak the same language. And, you know, I just don't know if I can trust you. And so building the trust there and um, is where, where we really came in. And I worked with a program that was out of Indiana University. They had a relationship with this other university in Kenya uh, called Moy University in Eldoret outside of, out of 600 kilometers maybe from uh, Nairobi. And it was, like I said, it was probably about 2,100 uh, meters above sea level, which is funny. It's at the same, like, um, elevation as Denver. So mm -hmm. you can imagine being on the equator at the same 
elevation of Denver is really, really a harrowing oh, yeah. experience. It's, it's really hot and it's really sunny. So no matter what, you get sunburned just by coming outside. It's just real, you know, just because you're that close to the sun. And um, but it was just a beautiful experience. And during that time, I got a chance to um, build with this a different, uh, a lot of different people. And what we were helping to create, like I said, using storytelling and a lot of arts and and rhythm. To cut, you know, using taking the drums out, taking the djembe out, and just helping people talk about what their their pains or what their issue was, especially with some of the kids there, because they would have you know diseases that just don't even exist in the U.S. anymore, like congenital heart failure. You know, kids don't die from that here. <laughs> That's an old person's disease. You know, it's. Um, different things that just are there. Diabetes is, you know, one a thing that's major there that's just like a preventable um, issue. So a lot of things that are just preventable here are really lingering there. And, you know, you get a cut and you're, you know, potentially you could die from a cut, from blood poisoning or anything else. And so during that time, it was just really an emotional time because I also had had gone through um, a breakup, a really hard breakup. And going there, I really found myself. I kind of joke saying I ran away from hip hop a little bit. I was like, I'm tired of this. I don't want to do it. I just, I, I felt like it had everything about it that I loved that sort of nurtured this relationship that I was in. It had destroyed that, you know, just, right. it had destroyed my relationship. So I just felt like I didn't even want anything to do with hip hop, even music in general. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, I woke up one morning. I mean, it, I had been in Kenya for maybe a couple of weeks at that time, so it wasn't even like I had been there a long time at that point. And I was there for a few months um, on and off, and then, you know, different surrounding areas. I went to Mozambique, I went to Ethiopia, some other um, some other sub-Saharan African countries nearby, neighboring um, countries, Tanzania. But during that time, I woke up, and, and I never forget, I heard um, Jeru coming out of the compound. It was weird. It was like one day is blasting out of the compound and I'm just like this can't be right but from the time I heard it I'm like hold on a second <laughs> is this one day thing I remember waking up and going now this is would be funny if this found me you know all the way here in Kenya you know I'm mm-hmm. in the hills of Kenya in the most remote area and you mean to tell me Jay Rue is playing so I just couldn't believe it I remember walking around trying to find out who is playing this? You know, I'm walking everywhere around the compound. It's like a little enclosed area, kind of like a dorm, what would be considered to be a dorm here. And um, I was, I stayed in the, what what they call servants' quarters. So I kind of had my own my own place, but it's like out where on the outskirts of the of the compound. And I'm walking around trying to figure out who is playing Jeru and why so loud. You know, like like six in the morning. The sun is barely even, you know, <laughs> the sun is even barely shining. And you're waking up and I'm like, it was funny because from the time the scratches, the Ahmad Jamal sample, I literally like fell out of bed laughing like, hold on a second. Is someone playing a joke on me? Like, how did you, what are you guys over here know about Jayru? But the universality, I guess, of music. And just once they found out that I knew who Jayru was, I mean, for them, that they didn't expect for me to know that. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, Wait a second. I know a lot more about Shayru than you would, you know, but they were, that's when it really hit me like, wow, how much, you know, artistry is celebrated, especially hip hop. And it was just at that time, they were amazed that, like I said, that I knew what I knew. And we start talking about sunrises in the East and 
they start telling me, you know, start rapping to come clean and doing that. <laughs> that was the greatest thing in the world to see them do come clean, like and using Swahili. And I had never seen anything like that before. So, yeah, I'm just like, this is crazy how much I said, you know, to them. I was like, I wonder what, uh, you know, Primo and, and Jeru would be thinking if they knew that in Kenya, you know, here in the remote hills of Kenya, that they're sitting there. Uh, doing that it, it just wouldn't have expected to see that to, to come clean and uh, us sitting around listening to I just remember coming in the room and just like putting my head down so I could listen to Wrath of the Map the whole album but you know this is decades and decades after it's been released this is like 2008 mm-hmm. you know 2009 or something like that 2009 maybe and I'm just like wow this is you know amazing to see how this album and then we start talking about Prem and Prem's catalog and I mean these folks knew just as much if not more and I would say even more because they really study you know the the DJs and MCs down to they they really study them down to the granules it's just like everything about it they knew Gangstar's whole discography everything and they're I mean they're telling me I'm thinking I'm pulling out some trivia for them you know going yeah well you know a moment of truth, you know, and above the clouds when Inspector Deck does this is because he, you know, and they knew exactly what I was talking about. And they're like, well, yeah, but did you know that on, you know, make him pay some snatcher, he had got his wallet stolen that day. And, you know, it's like, what? <laughs> you're kidding me. You know, how did you even know that? Because that's not something that he thinks would make a, uh, would make its way all the way there. But that was really funny to me. I and mean, I remember coming home, I said, yeah, it's time for me to start pick like to pick up this pen again and start writing. Wow. Because I yeah. Well I was I was going to say that I it's funny how you mentioned J Ru and that particular specific story because I do have a J Ru question for you later on <laughs> as we as we continue to speak. And um but you know what I was what what your story really made me think is you know you go out to Africa to do research, uh, doing various intersections with music and arts and health. And at the same time, what was occurring with in your personal life, it seems like it is full circle because in a sense, it did bring back sort of a connection. And in, 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 in I would say in, in your own personal indigenous connection to hip hop because you mm-hmm. kind of was, were quote unquote, um, I wouldn't say a full divorce, but definitely had a separation of hip hop for a while. But yes, it took absolutely. to be away, right? To doing yes. real specific work with music and everything else for it to sort of um, come back to, to your story, right? To your life. And that's, that's, right. that is like, wow, that is really truly full circle right there. I could see how someone who would go through something like that will come back invigorated to sort of see um, sort of a reconnection and what else that leads to. In your sense, honestly, yes. in 2016, you're doing your thing. So we're all really happy for that. But that, yeah, that's a really, really deep story right there. I could see that being such a turning point in your life. If you want to make love to me, the last remaining evidence from the Council of Trent. Cha- 
shattering settlements. The first to circumvent a cipher and reverse Loomis and select his agencies. Putting in your fights and masses and parentheses. Not even the greatest be willing to apprentice me. Suddenly, my hiatus was misstated. I never really left. It was just misstated. A thousand times to test the stress and tension of mine. Here's another illyrical invention of mine. The probability of hostility within any given city is strictly elevated beyond heavenly entity. I'm blasting your virility, cornered into humility, versatility. Now I'm everything attacking your status and cracking your phallus. I'm passing the malice, arousing the madness of dangerous ages of stages, seeking new patience. It's what you just. It got me out of it. I I was a little bit a bit scared actually to share. It's funny, after all these years of just it being natural and you never think about it, I was like, I never really even had to think of how to rhyme. I never thought of how to write. It just was, it just came out and I just put pen to paper and then let it happen. And then all of a sudden I was kind of uh, confined by all these, like, what do I want to say? Because now what I say is going to be extremely important and how I say it and how do I want to be remembered and I think that just kind of got to me for a while. I just was like, well, what do I do? But um, I didn't know how, what I wanted to be my first statement. And then, you know, I had a friend and he kept telling me, you know what, just say whatever. Just say something. It doesn't, ha- it's, it doesn't have to be permanent. That's not the, your last statement. It doesn't have to be. But when you say it, you know, just, just put the, the declaration out in the universe. You'll never believe what will happen. Like, you'll see how it returns to you when you just put that out. Just start just, just start writing and just record it. Just put it out. And I'm just like, no, I can't record it. Like, I just wasn't willing to record anything I'd written. Mm-hmm. And it was his entire... He really did some trickery with me because I had no idea. He got me in the studio to... He's like, I, I tell you what, just come and do... Uh, you know, guest verse for me. You're just gonna. He would invite me out to shows, and he'd tell me to get on stage. And I'm just like, hey, listen, dude, I'm I'm here for to see you, you know, and I enjoy you and your dope and his group and you know, Fox P. I love them. They were uh, they're from the local scene, but they you know done so many different things individually. But I love to go see them perform because they were just like, I mean, they're so magnetic as performers and just amazing. They're so compelling in their stage show. And, and he would just be like, I'm going to call, a, you know, uh, a legend to the stage. And, and he would call me up. I'm like, hold on, dude, nobody knows me here. Like, I've been <laughs> gone for seven, eight years. I don't even do this anymore. This is not just, you know, I'm just coming around as a fan. And But he never saw me as that. As long as I would say no, he would just, I mean, it was almost like it fall on deaf ears. He, yeah, Prowlers is going to get on the stage and he would just push me up there and put a mic in my hands. And at the time, people are staring at me like, waiting, come on, you got to do something. So I would have to. And, but that got me out of my nerves immediately. And then he came around and said, you know, I want you to do just one song for me. That's all you need to do is one one song for me. And that song, he put me on with the song called Better Than The Rest uh, with him and this uh, his his partner um, Artemis that he made a lot of different songs but they were actually in the group together and I got on the song I, I was just like he, he told me he's like I need you to come on this last verse and I need you to kill it so much that people are afraid of you like I want you to shut this song down so that when we if we ever perform this and we call you up that people will just stare with with mouths open they don't I don't even want them to know what happens I want you to rap over just continue to rap don't stop rapping until the, the chorus comes keep going over it just give them bars to the point that they can't 
you know, here anymore. So I'm thinking to myself, like, what? This is, but it was the greatest, it was the most fun experience because doing that, it was just allowed me to get out so much. And after that, I was hooked. I was like, okay. Uh, I was my first time going into record with Kyle Murdoch, who I, you know, oh my goodness, I, I was starstruck for a minute because he was Kyle Murdoch and Ron Poetic and the stuff that they had done with Panacea. I was such a fan. I was just staring like, hold on, this dude is like recording me, but he, you know. I, I, I was just sitting I'm like, hold on. I, and I knew his whole catalog. I knew everything about him. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got ink as my drink on tape. You know, I'm just like, so I was just, I was starstruck. And when I came in there, and then after meeting Kyle, and he was so humble and so just welcoming, and he was such, he became a fan of mine. And I'm thinking to myself, no. Like, you know, you recorded with the best, so you know the best, and you, and so, but after that, I was like, I want to record, but if I record, I want to make, he has to record all my stuff, and Kyle's like, I'd love to, whenever you want to come, can you come tomorrow, bring your, bring your, your book, and let's, let's put it down. My name is Sun, and I'm a superstar. <laughs> In amazement with a semi local placement, a vocal statement. I wonder patiently complacement below the basement, above the attic in the spaceship. I write the basics, arrange a secret language, erased it. A metal bracelet, ill response to penicillin. I sell a villain, a better dream than television. I'm in a prison, go break away, invent the wisdom. Let the children understand that you're trying to bless the system. Some stress religion, others waiting on the proof. Confused by rules, jewels, and varieties of truths. Now the glue they use to build society's extra loose. Everybody wants the juice, but Heavy money blocks the truth. I like to lose, I like to gain, so rock the brain. With misdirected efforts and attempts to stop the rain, I like to change. I plot my range accordingly. Engulf the secret research, I release results quarterly. This more than me than most, my words give the warning. I've been blessed with mics longer than lives for Jordan. My global warning involves no floral carbons. A wonder of nature like thunder and coral gardens. A floral pardons like sea flowers with fragrant powers. It works for me, but it can make a raven sour. We gain an hour, but lose day like why we saving time. Figure out it's left me dizzy and trying to say the rhyme is past as I. Relent, wondering where we went And words and gestures that we've seen in lectures Intense, send me out on tour with tourists with friends When the chorus ends and we leave with these Got it strapped up so I drift up in the breeze And I please and say thank you Everything is where I left it since the days of grade school Names stayed the same, fake flows fucked up the wave pool The game solution, misled if get bread to the hungry and the homeless In exchange for cheese to feed the homeless We all have our moments, mine is longer than yours is I'm waiting for the sun like your doors with Jim Morrison Air, human Breath divine, or is it breath divine? Breath divine, yes. Breath divine, <laughs> yes. So air human, breath divine. Uh, listeners, check mm -hmm. it out on um, prowessthetestament.bandcamp.com. Support, support, support. Uh, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful album. Uh, congratulations Thanks. on that. Uh, it's not only beautiful; it's a banger. Mm -hmm. uh, brings the heat, <laughs> and that's that's what we like out here. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, just on, on the title on the Alpha Centauri. Uh, I mean, we can make our own, oh, yeah. we can make our own assumptions of what that means, but we want to hear it straight from you. Alpha Alpha Centauri was funny that it came about. I um, the the title really is just to me. It was like I looked for. I wrote a song a while ago that used that 
used Alpha Centauri that I never really used the the lyrics to. But in it, it was just the fact that I was kind of just saying I was a, a star in the galaxy far away. Okay. And the brightest star that I could think of at that time in the galaxy far away was Alpha Centauri. And so in the midst of writing that song, which when I got the beat from Tim Hicks, it, he I don't even know if he realized at all like what I was planning on doing with it. I don't know if he even knew that, you know, who I was really we we had, we had kind of connected because we were a part of the same scene but I really hadn't got a chance to really know him well at that point in time and he was just like yeah you can you know go ahead and record to this beat he, he had heard me perform and he's like yeah I told him I was like I'm kind of at the process where I'm starting to think about doing a project and I want to you know just do a small EP right now and I want I need some beats and he's like well you know what go on my well, I'm gonna send you some stuff. You go on my page, see if you like anything. And he sent me sent me um, what is now uh, Alpha Centauri, and it was the resonating woo thing. Like I love woo. I grew up with woo. I just like everything is just man. The woo was like, listen, I traded a dude Mob Deep for woo. I know to this day his name is Ryan Kell. He probably, you know, he. I bet he's probably mad that you got the lower end of that stick, brother. I'm so sorry that I did that to you, because <laughs> because I got that, and you, you know, he he didn't know what he was losing at the time. But I just, as hearing that, I thought to myself, well, wow, if I was in woo, and it had that feel to it, the ethos of the song, the sonics of it, the aesthetic of it, I just like, how do I, how would I come in this and what would I say? And so that kind of came in a lot of it, just like me impersonating what was, if I was woo, which a lot of, for me, an exploration of like science and, and how, you know, a lot of them combine different elements of that in, um, in their music. And really I went for a 36 chambers kind of style on it and I just was like let me think about the Egyptology talk a little bit about that and to talk a little bit about you know science and then at the time I, I told Kyle I said listen here's what I wanted to do and and when the beat is between the first and second verse I don't want a chorus I want there to be a deafening silence I want there to be um you know um I end on the word for a lease and I said I want there to be Beethoven playing there I was like, that's, I just wanted to be for Elise. And Kyle was looking at me like, what? Oh, okay, this, this sounds a little crazy, but okay, you're going to do a song with the, with Beethoven in it. Oh, okay. And he, he was looking at me, you know, he trusts me. I'm like, I trust you. You'll make it happen. It's going to make sense once we do it. And I told him, I said, it has to be this way because, you know, Beethoven, my, a lot of what I talk about in that song is really about folklore. It's really all an exploration of folklore. And I try to impersonate each uh, member of Wu, which I don't know if people pick up, but a lot of different things that I say are channeled by someone else um, or or me impersonating maybe Jizzle or um, Ghostface or um, Rizzo on something. I mean, I just, different terms that I say, I impersonate Master Killer on some stuff, just different things. And when you get to that part, I wanted it to be just representing folklore um, so that's why I was like, I, I like to think about the fact that Beethoven is surrounded by folklore. And I'm a huge fan of classical music, too. My grandmother used to put that on to make us shut up when it would rain and thunder and lightning. She's like, you know what, sit down and listen to classical music. I've never understood why she would do that, but now I do to sort of help to 
to get us to think outside of the box a lot of the times like you know you got to listen to all music and really get connected to it and growing up listening to classical music i just really really loved beethoven and one of the things that stuck out with me so much about it was that scholars to this day you know start hypothesizing over years about who elise was like who was the namesake of the song mm -hmm. and i thought that was brilliant that like hundreds of years later we still don't know who beethoven's muse is but we're still you know that song is just as popular everybody knows that that for at least that that immediate piano um that piano transition so everybody knows that and i feel like it's so rooted in folklore it just would fit with the ancient egypt illusions and the mm -hmm. riddle of the sphinx and all the outer space themes and all of that the plato references allegory of the cave stuff i'm like you gotta it's all in the zone of wu-tang but you mm -hmm. gotta add the folklore to it mm -hmm. and that was my way of sort of adding um, folklore and then having people hypothesize about why I added it and what's that supposed to mean. Mm -hmm. Well, I'll say this. You basically answered the next nine questions that we had <laughs> written because it was all you you literally touched on Wu-Tang. You spoke about <laughs> Tim Hicks. You are, you spoke about Egyptology. I'm currently wearing a Sun Ra shirt and I actually brought some Sun Ra records with me. Today. <laughs> so that has everything to do with Sun Ra. Um, but Yes, we were very curious about the Wu-Tang connection uh, because, you know, you weren't only wearing a GFK t-shirt, but you you brought it. You brought that energy. Yeah. You brought that linkage. Even the video, you had um, you had a, a, a large crew in the video. Um, yeah. Uh, so that has a lot. There's a lot of connections there with with Wu-Tang in various ways. Um, and you definitely educated us with, with, with your lyrics in particular, with the connection with specifically Wu-Tang members. Yeah, that I didn't pick up. Yeah. That I wouldn't have picked up. I'm still trying to yeah. decipher uh, the song <laughs> and, and your EP. Yeah. So yeah, that, that that was that was great. And just a shout out to Tim Hicks. You oh, you yeah. you a fool on that beat, Tim. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Tim. Tim is Tim is amazing, and and I don't I I just I mean every day I'm just in awe because he is as much as he's an amazing composer because he really thinks about what he does sonically it's not just like putting a beat together he really thinks about like how how a person would utilize it and he wants it to be fluid in that way but he is such an amazing just you know to listen to him talk he's a just a, incredibly brilliant just you know what he believes what he stands for I, he's just such a stand-up person and i just i love him i think he's amazing he's he's a brilliant lyricist and you know like i said what he 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 is who he is on on, on wax just as much as he is in real life he's just mm. a giant of a personality Absolutely. and at the same time he's so you know just day one to a one he is just really viscerally you know on your level and and he wants everybody to win and i've and i've rarely found anybody like that in the world who just is like i want everyone to win if i can help you win let's win you know if you win and i don't win we still win you know he's he's just one of those kinds of people well we're all winning with this interview for sure <laughs> this conversation <laughs> with our listeners as well uh, definitely dropping a lot of important information uh, we totally agree with uh, what you mentioned about tim he's shown to be a very stand-up person we we enjoyed the interview and just our, our continuous conversations uh, I shared with him that we were going to uh, to talk today, and, and you know we've been continuing on having these conversations. Um, yeah. But but one thing I would say about Tim's too is beats is that they're really universal in the sense that 
it's really really Im embedded in terms of emotions and so it, they're they're definitely not objective in any particular way it, it really makes yeah. makes you want to do something whatever that may be but but it is yeah. something that's going to lead you to something hence the quality of the work lyrically that's behind those beats be it him or anyone else um yeah. so so i could see how you both connected in that level with with your yeah. talent and 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 his ability to do that just as a human Thank being you. so yeah shout out i'm glad yeah. you're both working together hopefully uh, there was more work between we you have only 35 chambers there is no 36 i know that i know that but i want to create a new chain and what would that be shaolin skills can find here So, you know, uh, I only have a couple more questions. You don't take up too much of your, of your time, but I did want to yeah, get back to Jeru because I know that you sampled uh, 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 a song from Esther Phillips um, for Heaven, mm, Heaven yeah. Knows, right? That's all, yeah. all right with me. Obviously, we, uh, as the, the listeners may know, Jeru sampled that for whatever, what DJ Premier did, right? 
for whatever yeah, for exactly. J. Russell. We're, I'm, we're just wondering any particular reason that that sample worked for you be, and and mainly because hence the theme of this week's episode is sort of galactic slash science Nigeria is very scientific quote unquote with his lyrics and space yeah. you know with his yeah. approach so we're just wondering how that sort of came together that was uh, uh, there was a, a guy out of Amsterdam named technology and shout out to him because he is another brilliant mind of a composer that I came across uh, through um, Arnell, Arnell of uh, Farx P introduced me to technology and uh, he, technology and him had been working together on some stuff as he was preparing the Farx P project and he was preparing some of his solo stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I went through some of technology's beats when he sent him, he was doing this uh, Dylan project actually. Okay. And he, he, in this, uh, this uh, Dear Dilla project that he was making at the time, I, some of the beats and I felt like so my 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 friend kept telling me um, and Arnell kept saying yeah you should do this song and you should do this one and as we're going through the beats but then so I didn't even hear Heaven Knows I, I didn't even get a chance because he was sort of handpicking some of the songs that he thought that would work you know this song is going to work really dope for you do this you know official Dilla Day mm-hmm. version of this song so I'm listening and I, it's a you know nice nice dope beat and um, all of a sudden I came across that one heaven knows and i said ho what how did this you know i i heard it because like you said immediately what came to my mind is after philip sample i'm like yeah this is just this is golden that no one has used this no one's i said this is the one that i want but secretly he had given me something else and i said i'm gonna write to that but i'm gonna i'm gonna write to this one secretly and i'm not gonna say nothing i'm gonna record it technology didn't even know it was sort of all authorized and i recorded it and then Arnell went to go show, you know, share it with him. Like, yeah, I'm gonna let you hear this song. It's, you know, she just played around with it, and uh, we want you to hear it. And when I, you know, we we shared it with him, he just said, "Wow, I, who is this person, and where is she? Like, I, she, mm-hmm. do you know her? You know, it was just one of those. He really liked what I did with it, and mm-hmm. it was it became like initially like the first real song that I had put out. Um, solo wise I put it up on SoundCloud after I first did it and it was just like people just seemed to love that song because at the time Sandro Pay by J. Cole came out mm-hmm. maybe after a month after that in December of that year and uh, people were just yeah they were they were smitten because a lot of the times they didn't know about the Mob Deep song they didn't know about J. Rue because they didn't have that journey specifically they knew Sandro Pay. And everybody would say, oh, but I love the way your beat sounds so much better. That Your beat is so much doper. And I'm like, yeah, technology put a foot that beat. And it was just, you know, so I, that's how that song came about. But J-Woo is, um, I just, I, I, he's very close to my heart in terms of just people that inspired me. I, I loved, like I said, Wrath of the Math was just, um, it was my album for a long time. I just, you know, was in in awe of it. I just sat around with it and it's funny because on my project that I have coming out in May I have a, a poem um, from this guy Enoch Seventh Prophet who actually is another artist that that highly inspired me and he because he goes by Enoch Seventh Prophet mine is called um, Words from the Prophet and so it's funny that my album breaks right at like the same kind of midpoint that Revenge of the Prophet breaks a little bit without even really trying. I just realized, oh man, my, my project kind of breaks in the middle very gently, just the way kind of Revenge of the, the Prophet did on Wrath of the mm. Mask without 
you know. But, so I said, it's funny how those things come up. But um, yeah, physical stamina is always one of my favorites, and and uh, I I just love that song. But I feel like J Rule, yeah, I, I love J Rule, and I love some of that that album. Definitely the the samples that are used on there from Miles Davis to you know Odetta to all these different things that are just used that you're just like wow you know it, it's amazing Ahmad Jamal stuff used on there is just amazing you know uh, Jimmy McGriff you know some mm-hmm. of these things are just like wow he used Cream just really is an amazing producer but him and J-Rue made such a good team mm-hmm. and so that that for me was just kind of throwing up like the, the perfect one-two combination, the perfect producer-MC combination. I, I love, in rest in peace, the guru, who I think also manifested a lot of a lot of different vibes out of Cream, too. And that was, you know, that was the a perfect connection, too. But he and J. Rue just made, it was like almost like the anti of antis. Like, it, it worked so much that it didn't work, so it worked. It was like one of those kinds of things. Mm. And I love that it was raw, but at the same time, it was so, like you said, super scientific. And at the same time, it was the themes of Afrocentricity in it and just um, just the stories. You know, the stories of some of those songs are just like, I mean, Mirror the Papes is a great story to me. Just in terms of the way that it's, what it's written about, I think is some of these things are just like, so J. Rue just speaks his mind. I love that about him, just unabashed just says it and, and yeah that moves me a lot our attention to the mysterious forces loose somewhere in outer space the mysteries of creation are there up in the sky up in the sky the moon and the planets are there and new hopes for knowledge and peace are there and therefore as we set sail we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous and greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. Shall bring disaster to evil factors Demonic chapters shall be captured by kings Through the storms of days after And to the earth from the sun through triple darkness To blast ya with a force that can't be compared To any firepower for its mind power shared The brainwave causes vessels to circulate Like constellations reflect at night off the lake Word to the father and mother earth Seeking everlasting life through this hell for what it's worth Look, listen and observe and watch another sea cycle pulling my peeps to the curb. Heed the words, it's like ghetto style proverbs. The righteous pay a sacrifice to get what they deserve. Cannot afford to be confined to a cell. Brainwaves swell, turning a desert to a well. Experience the best teacher. Thoughts will spray like street sweepers. Little daddy street preacher, illustrious feature. Narrator you select, accompanied by deck plus the DJ you respect. The seven and a half combined over the front line. The ten percenters promoting slam. In the airtime, bear in mind, jewels be the tools of the trade. Sharp blades, heavenly praise, and dues are paid. Above the crowds, above the clouds, where the sounds are original. Infinite skills create miracles. Warrior spiritual. Well, you know, as I said uh, before, a lot of intersections are connecting with this conversation, uh, both with just sort of uh, just understanding your story, 
but you know your, your artistry but also sort of our connection with ourselves here yeah. um it just speaks so how beautiful it is you mentioned africa hey we're in la <laughs> we're very far yeah, away from exactly. dc and it's like you right. know you, you there's this not only east coast ethos but it's really a worldly ethos that really uh, is connected to to sort of all all of us um and I guess my my last sort of larger question is, and you spoke about it in different ways. You just necessarily didn't say it in, in this particular way. I'm very much interested in Afrofuturism in different ways. Um, um, I'm a big I'm a big fan of what King Brett does um, in terms of sort of his curating um, with art, um, spoken word, and his production. Um, be it that Afrofuturism is uh, a continuous sort of a convo. Uh, with technology per se um be it that you're an artist you do you know diy you you're connecting worldwide you just mentioned uh, uh I, I believe you mentioned text from netherlands correct Is, did you mention netherlands? yes yeah yeah uh, and and sort of the avant-garde style i mean you just did mention miles davis you you mentioned other uh, various artists who who you know come uh from uh, the backgrounds that they have come by um we're, how we're still connected to that and how we're continuing to understand through that sort of process of futurism um, do you have any mm -hmm. thoughts about Afrofuturism per se? That is such a large question to ask, but I see the connections of how your personal understanding of life, your own mm -hmm. personal growth with family, your own personal uh, connection uh, as an artist and the world is, is it definitely transfers to, to sort of having this larger conversations about Afrofuturism. So I just want to sort of get your, your thoughts on that. Well, I, I definitely have a strong connection to it because mostly I mentioned I grew up a lot. My father was the biggest Funkadelic and Parliament fan. I mean, my father has bootlegs and pawn bootlegs. Mm -hmm on bootlegs of Funkadelic, like before they, you know, before they merged, um, back when it was just the band and the, the singing group. And when, during that time, um, just a lot from Maggot Brain to just different <laughs> stuff to, to hear. George Clinton, I feel like, is such a forefather. A lot of musical sort of Afrofuturist ideas. Um, and definitely uh, sort of, <laughs> I think about the fact that Astro traveling and a lot of the we we just kind of are we embody these these physical sort of bodies but at the same time we're such spiritual uh, entities and I feel like a lot of what we're doing is just sort of dwelling in the the ethos in the in the or in the atmosphere I should say and just sort of connecting in different ways and so I always feel like the reason why you know you vibrate to something and you vibrate to someone is because oftentimes those are things that are within your nebula like of you vibrating in that world so I always feel like it's a lot of uh, sort of <laughs> a lot of those themes come together and we connect to them because we are experiencing them in different ways um, but you know from Africa Bambada to different people but uh, yeah from just connecting in different ways Africa Bambada all these things that have just come out about him it's so sad because I feel like he was someone that really personified Afrofuturism and hip hop. Mm -hmm. um, but just you know, for me, I always joke saying I'm I'm always uh, light years away. <laughs> I'm like an alien that that visited um, you know this world and just kind of got trapped in between worlds, and I'm waiting to get picked up. And that and a lot of my that project that I just released with Air, Human, Breath, Divine sort of speaks on that. I, I mentioned the spaceship waiting room on on there, and that's kind of what I'm talking about on the, the theme of it. And people think it's a love song, 
And I'm actually more talking about sort of like me waiting to go home to mm. see my love. Like, um, so I feel like, yeah, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, folks that have come around, especially nowadays, who are personifying that. And I'm so glad that, that it's being that sort of uh, Afrofuturism is being continued through people like Janelle Monet and, you know, uh, just a lot of the, like, Shabazz palaces and, I mean, who, you know, name change and everything. But I think he's always been in that, that mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's amazing to me just to see how the notion of, like, where we are in um, this, where we might call the aesthetic of, like, where music is right now is really growing in that way. And I feel like it is time for us to be sort of exploring the different variations of what hip-hop is now and where it's going and where it's growing and evolving. And I feel like that is right back to where it started. I feel like George Clinton, a lot of it, he helped to build, you know, and like you said, Sun Ra, oh my gosh, Sun Ra, one of the forefathers of that. I mean, a lot of my knowledge about Egypt specifically came from looking at his covers, and like I said, as a kid, and finding ways to figure out what in the world is he talking about and then looking it up and seeing it. And then, you know, some of that stuff in space is the place, right? We all all watch that and then try to figure out, like, what is space in the place and what is he talking about and what is, you know... So for me, that was really my experimentation of it. And then a lot of the, the themes that were associated, like these existential thought processes that really just forced me to really think about my identity in a different way, like... You know, who am I really? And and what are we in these bodies? We are transitioning bodies all the time. We are sort of in, in motion, just like planets are, just like, you know, all these celestial bodies. So that was kind of, for me, the origin of the thinking of air is human, breath is divine. I kind of got that idea of, like, the air is play on to air is human, and people think of that, but I'm like, it's more so the process of, like, air is human so the breath the the breath and the actual physical process of breathing air is what makes us you know human technically because inanimate objects have air you know everything has air air is just existence in the atmosphere but the actual breathing of it is what makes us human is what makes us you know physical bodies or animate um bodies versus inanimate and i just feel like that was something i wanted to explore and I kind of, which is funny, because after this next project that I'm going to drop, I've got some fun stuff coming that's going to be a different, I think people will hear much more of these themes explored in a complete different way, because I, I just started working on a new project with this guy um, who's uh, on tour with Odyssey now, Unno- The Unknown, and uh, it, it's just, it brought out so many things out of me. I don't think I've ever felt this excited about a project ever. Like, it's just, it, what started out as being, like, one song turned into, um, you know, a whole entire project. And the, the the way that it's allowed me to open up, it's made me think of things that I have never thought about. And that's really hard for me because I think about everything all the time. And I'm writing all the time. And I'm using, you know, what's around me to formulate things. And I'm like, I have never ran this deep into my psyche to really think about the stuff that I'm talking about on here. So I can't wait for that to come out. Yeah, you and us. <laughs> we cannot wait to hear that too. Um, thank you. Thank you for um, for sharing uh, uh, the, the work that, that you're going to do in the future because we're definitely uh, really want to continue on with this journey of, of getting to know your art 
we've we've enjoyed this conversation, Proas. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. This this has been this has been great. Um, um, we, we're definitely going to continue to spread the good word with everything that you do. Um, uh, people need to know your EP um, and continue on to uh, uh, explore uh, your work because I, I th your 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 work is something that you can't just uh, easily um, um, sit down and just with one take just say you know what this is what she's trying to say no <laughs> it's 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 definitely <laughs> it's definitely a journey it's a definitely a journey but at the same time at the same time you feel it because it's hard <laughs> it's yeah. hard in different oh, ways i appreciate that yeah. Absolutely. I, I wanted that to be the case to bring one of the last things i'll say about that is that i just really wanted to showcase there's so many you know people ask me all the time about the, the female experience in hip-hop and i'm so glad that you didn't ask that question because i always feel like it's a canned question now and it's sort of like it's the one way to sort of add a question about yeah how does this feel and it's sort of like you know i don't at, at this point i've been asked that question all the time right. but one of the things that i feel like that i really did want to do a lot of people will say to me you're so hard you know but you're a female and they don't see that when they see me get on stage people ask me am i you know am i going to sing I've been asked, am I the, you know, I, one time I was asked if I was like someone's merch babe or something, you know, wow. like, oh, you're the, the babe they brought to sell the merch until I got up on stage. And this was funny because it was some, you know, LA guys, it was like Hellfire Club came here. And I won't say Hellfire <laughs> Club asked me that, but that was pretty funny because he's like, yeah, are you, the, are you here to help with the, mer the merch? And uh, at that time it was funny because No Can Do and, and uh, Mike Eagle shut it down, right? But it was great because I got a chance to perform and I and they were at the time smitten after I got done and I hadn't even, they came from out of the back where they were resting for their set to come see me spit. That was like, and this was during soundcheck. Um, so I felt honored to be like, wow. And Mike Eagle was like, yeah, when are you going to be in LA? You know, I need, I need to know. But it was a great experience to have that because that was just like, um, it taught me a little bit about how to personify myself and I think really made me more conscious about wow being a female and being hard people would say that like wow you spit so hard or you you have such hard beats everything is so boom and I don't hear that from a lot of females and I would think to myself well that's such a shame because I grew up on females that that personified that same thing and those folks inspired me and so I wanted to sort of another reason why I chose the title and why the the feel of the sound is the way it is because I wanted to really showcase that you could be feminine and feminine and be emphatically feminine and not sort of reduce your hardness and the rawness and like you can still be that and those two things are not contrasting but they very well complement each other you know just mm -hmm. the hard and the soft together make really that is to me some of the rawest stuff like when you see someone in a wedding dress spit something which you'll see maybe you'll get a sneak peek of that later but when you see someone in a wedding dress like spitting a crazy verse you're like what and you know your your whole visual is messed up and not and normally people will say that to me like yeah my visuals are messed up because I, I you know and I'll say well don't let the librarian for you I might have a pencil skirt on and six and chills but believe me when this is you know this is not a uniform like I don't have to wear and I used to you know I used to dress I used to put on like four pairs of jeans with the sweatpants over the top and I would have on you know um 
chain gold and I would wear velour sweats. I would just make sure that I sort of fit into the brand of what it was until I realized that I was going to be, you know, boom bap no matter what. I, I still say I'll wear a wedding dress and I'll rip anybody. <laughs> you know, put them on the stage and let me, you know, do what I do. So that was kind of for me why it was so important for it to have that hard edge feel like boom bap, return of the boom bap a little bit in that mindset and that thinking but with the female sort of authoritatively saying it like, yeah, I'm feminine and I'm sad and I'm comfortable in that. But at the same time, I'm here to sort of readjust what your your mindset is on these gender roles in hip hop. Like you can't be soft and spit this hard. No, you can be even softer and spit even harder. Like that to me was important. Uh, so dope. So dope. So w- one thing I want to brag about is, uh, is, is much like uh, uh, we're, we're very smitten with you and your work and the quality of the product that you put out there. And uh, I want to shout out uh, uh, Mike Eagle and uh, No Can Do and say, hey, we got you on our show before they had you on theirs. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't wait to see you here in L.A. Uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I know we'll keep in touch. Um, and we'll we'll we all, we'll continue to rehash this conversation. But again, thank you so much for your time. Woo! Hey, that was great. I want to. That interview is great. That's 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 amazing. Uh, I really did appreciate uh, that conversation. Wasn't that wasn't that something? Man, she she took us on a journey there, right? I mean, I think that was the theme throughout the conversation was the journey, journey, journey. So uh, mm-hmm. much love and appreciation to Proud West. You know what? Straight up, like what was great about that interview was the fact that the way we connected by via uh, the conversation because a lot of what we were going to talk about, she brought it up before we even said anything. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So it was very an organic conversation that led to some very very critical important points that we wanted to touch upon that really adds to to this episode. But again, thank you, Prowess, for everything, and um, I know we'll definitely just keep talking. You know. Yeah, we'll be we'll be waiting for those LA shows. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. More to come for sure. Yeah. Um, well, but, dur- during that. Uh the interview we played uh, some 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 tracks. Oh yeah, yeah. man! I forgot about the tracks. I mean, I'm sure everybody that listens to the show knows exactly what those songs are because they're so bad. classics. I hope so. Well, you know, it, during, during the show, as you, you also heard, you know, we did play uh, some of her music, but we also played some Della, Della Soul. We went we went we went back on you. We went with Potholes in My Lawn, produced by Prince Paul, of course, Three Feet High and Rising classic 1989 makes me want to cut my grass <laughs> kind of forgot <laughs> the kind of beat is perfect for that um but that leads up to the new de la soul that's coming out and they gave a little teaser for all of us it was a great cover with the kids running away from the yeah, crowd <laughs> yeah it's like hey the album's coming <laughs> train wreck is the song for your pain and suffering as fans we are in pain and suffering waiting for that this is the EP just came out recently and the album's coming out very shortly during the summertime so De La Soul get some love here but we also played this track that we talked about during the interview Jerry the Damager whatever it's a classic premier DJ DJ premier is the producer the sun rises in the east is the name of the oh wait a minute it's not sun rises in the east I got that hey I'm reading off my notes it's, it's uh whatever. wrath of the math wrath of the math wrath of the math hey er, we caught errors during the show that's Girl, great so you know this shit is not edited <laughs> you know but I don't remember the year though I, I don't know uh, hip hop things what is that 96 97 yeah man it's somewhere right there Google I was it. yeah I was like 22 21 yeah. yeah y'all google it yeah google that but it's J-Rule we got that right 
And we then played Grand Star. Uh, Grand Star. There you already Peace to Grand Star here tonight. You're already thinking about where you're going tonight. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's Gangstar, Above the Clouds, produced by DJ Premier. Hard to Earn. That is the correct album from 1994. Classic Booyah. material throughout. And with that being said, drops. The drops. Well, first of all, make sure you, I mean, we, we said it earlier, but check out Prowess, the testament on Bandcamp, peep out our album, uh, support, support the underground. Uh, like always, you can find us on Twitter at 6 in the morning at S-I-X-I-N-T-H-E-M-O-R-N. You can hit us up on Instagram at 6 in the morning show at 6 in the morning show. You can also hit us up on the website 6 in the morning.com through Stitcher and everything. Streets. The streets through Gmail 6 in the morning show at gmail.com. Send us your music, yeah. uh, pictures of your moms. Hey, more more music though. Send us music. Send us yeah. some stuff to listen to. Yeah. We're not that strict, you know. Yeah, yeah we get some good stuff. Uh, yeah. A lot of it comes from uh, Def Jam and uh, some other stuff. Yeah, yeah. We, want, we want like kids from the like around the block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. want, you know, we want to support. We want to support. So, uh, you know, before we go, uh, we gonna play hit it. Give them, give them some more music. Yeah, or? let's play a couple of jams here. We're gonna play the Crown Royale. Um, I believe they're affiliated with the Visionaries. This is called Stratosphere. Great song produced by DJ Repmatic from 2016. Just came out. Recently, yeah, it's Rip Maddox, the man here from the Beat Junkies crew, straight out of LA. And we're gonna end it with Astro Note featuring Blue, Rhymes on Paper. This is uh, uh, called Astro Black, to the album from 2014. It's a great way to end it. This been episode 37, Guardians of Hip Hop, the space episode, six in the morning. <laughs> we'll, be, we'll hit you back real soon. So, yo, Prowess, before we go, you got anything else to add? This is Prowess, a testament. You're listening to six in the morning. Words. Yeah, this right here is off the stratosphere. The name is Crown Royal, yeah, we back in here. Out west where the Lakers had a tragic year. And everybody know the name, Rapmatic. Cheers. Thankful I get love from my Cali peers. Rest in peace, J1. Yeah, that's the dear OJ's type reunion where my fam is near to get love. You gotta show it, let's get that shit clear. This rap game could be a world full of sadness. Tear. If you don't play the politics and fashion gear. But everything I got, I got from snapping. Skills. It's like y'all stealing money. Rap Tear. I'm still preaching that real like a chaplain Neil, while I tower like the Willis over rappers Sears, no need to take it back This is your captain here Moving forward steadily across the map Jet Lear King like Shakespeare wrote a play about me Play it safe around me The flow can shake a county hole Stealing earthquakes around me Whatever they say is astounding is my easy work Remedial verses make me laugh in a comedic verse Cackle, catch Adam ass rappers with the clown nose The walking town jokes What they call you near your brownstone Town home, please keep me from round nose Funny style nigga Red. This is what we wear the crown for. It's Crown Royal with that Genesee claw. Yeah. What more can you ask, ask for? <laughs> Me and Red is winning. What is y'all doing? There's only one who can bring the funk. It's, it's, it's my throne. If you sitting there, you trespassing. I'm back from the clouds in the air, jet lagging. Get your skills up, buddy. Get your bars up. Yeah. What more can you uh. ask for? When
they put the pen in my hand It was kinda like assembly line plants When recording, Henry Ford isn't born with it Regulate like Warren Griffin Rhett and Buffy, Hardcastle and McCormickin Sworn in to guarantee that the job is done It's that body punch to knock the huff right up out your lungs Followed up by that rocket launch type of uppercut See Rhett's a surgeon with a DJ and with rubber gloves And I'm just here to let the world know about the team And after the world, the galaxy gon' hear me shout and scream Cause I was told to follow dreams as a young lad I guess I must be still asleep from that one nap And I ain't trying to wake up yet Original and there ain't one nap Something new that we baked up fresh Respect this, we won't take none less It's Crown Warrior with that Genesequois yeah. What more can you ask, ask for? Me and Red is winning, what is y'all There's only one who can't bring the funk it's, it's my throne, if you sitting there you trespassing I'm back from the clouds, in the air jet lagging Get your skills up, buddy get your bars up yeah. What more can you ask for? Let's go, 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 go Your little gun gotta get your ass out of Keep your tongue tame young man Keep your mouth shut My niggas got prior convictions they not proud of Don't get it twisted We living cause God allows us Not because you're cloud or how loud Your four pound bust So what you sold pounds of crack Your whole sound is whack What you project to the crowd The crowd will project back And if you need proof my nigga Look at proof Well look at Pac now Then look at Pac and Juice You ain't got a pocket too Just stop popping shit Banging who shot ya Big Papa don't exist Putting rocks on your wrist, flossing off your little chips, walking through the wrong parts, got stomped, robbed, and stripped. All for talking shit when you walked in a booth. Yeah, karma's a bitch, bruh. Now my advice to you, you better keep them rhymes on paper. You better keep them rhymes on paper. You better keep them rhymes on paper. You best to keep them rhymes on paper. Like to you, does this look like something that'd be in a city, in any city? This looks like a jail, a prison, or going barbed wire around you. What kind of feeling people that live around here feel with all this wire and stuff around them? When I see this, I want to go out and paint, and I want to show them that they can't think that they can't.